RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Today's daily Star Trek news is supported by listeners like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. This show is also supported by an affiliate program with CBS All Access. Subscribe today at dailystartreknews.com forward slash CBS All Access to get great Star Trek content and support this show all at the same time. Hello and welcome to your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. I'm Alison Pitt, and today is Friday, October 11th, 2019. On today's show, Sue Kissenweather from Women at Warp reports from the red carpet at Paleyfest, New York. And Star Trek finally features its first female composer. These stories, plus the answer to Tuesday's trivia question and your weekend podcast playlist, coming up next. First up, I've got a special report from my colleague Sue Kissenweather, who was in New York City last weekend for New York Comic Con. Sue is one of the hosts of Women at Warp, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and she and Elijah from Priority One spoke to the cast of Discovery on Paleyfest's red carpet. Here's Sue. The news continues to roll in from Paleyfest New York this past weekend, and Roddenberry Podcast's Women at Warp and Priority One spoke to some of Discovery's on-screen talent on the red carpet. Elijah from Priority One asked Anthony Rapp and Mary Wiseman about their experiences appearing in Star Trek Online. Rapp shared what it was like to bring Paul Stamets to life for the MMO. It's like he's in my soul and in my bones, so it's kind of like putting on my favorite shirt now and it was cool to be in a different headspace and different environment to just kind of zero in and focus. Later, Wiseman talked about her process of expanding her Mirror Universe character, Killy, for the game. We only got a little bit of time with Killy, so getting a little bit more to think about the character and play around was such a gift. Next, Wilson Cruz spoke to Elijah about the fact that Culber provides intersectional representation— saying, It is my honor to represent Latinos in this, and my honor to represent the LGBTQ community. It's an honor because we're a part of the world, and there is no reason in the world why we wouldn't be a part of it. Culper's relationship with fellow crew member Lieutenant Paul Stamets, of course, finally gives fans explicit queer representation, but the storyline hasn't been without its controversy. When I asked Cruz what he hoped fans take away from their story, Cruz answered, there aren't a lot of examples that I can point to on a personal level of long-term gay male relationships. I longed for examples of that. What does that look like in our community? And part of it is not letting go when it gets tough. It's about staying in it and doing the work and keeping hope alive, even under the most dire of circumstances, like death. Along similar lines, I had earlier asked Rap what the next frontier is in terms of representation for Star Trek. He answered, I think continuing to explore gender stuff is really important and meaningful, and I think that's going to be a part of our future storytelling. Later, Elijah and I asked Doug Jones and Sonequa Martin-Green about who might end up in the captain's chair. Both actors acknowledge that Saru and Burnham are both qualified and want the position equally for themselves and each other. Should Saru find himself officially with the rank of captain, he would be the first alien to hold the position on the title ship of a Star Trek show. But Jones was quick to point out, 
What will happen 930 years from now? What state are we going to find the world and Starfleet in when we get there? We don't know yet. Martin Green, when I asked about how Burnham will fare in the far future, told me, Now that we've left everything that we know behind us and all we have is each other, that is the question we have to ask ourselves. What am I tethered to personally now that everything that I've known is behind me except for the people that are right in front of me? Both Priority One and Women at Warp will be releasing the complete recordings of these interviews in our podcast feeds today. So if you'd like to hear the full interviews, head on over to podcasts.roddenberry.com. Huge thanks to Sue Kissenweather from Women at Warp, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, for coming on the show. More news in your weekend podcast playlist in just a moment, but first, a word from me. If you're not already subscribed to CBS All Access, now's a great time to do it. With two new short treks out now, and another one or two a month until Star Trek Picard premieres in January, there's plenty of new Trek content to keep you going. Plus, CBS All Access is the home of all the series of Star Trek and other hit shows like Young Sheldon, NCIS, and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. So if any of that sounds appealing, then please consider signing up and doing so through my website. Head to dailystartreknews.com forward slash CBS All Access. When you sign up that way and keep your subscription going, CBS rewards me with an affiliate incentive. So you're getting great new Star Trek and helping me out at the same time. That's dailystartreknews.com forward slash CBS All Access. And a big thanks to you for supporting this show. A big thanks to my patron Jonathan for this next story. Well, it seems the internet is going gaga for the tasty balls of fun in this week's Star Trek Short Treks episode, The Trouble with Edward. It turns out that last week's episode, Q&A, is the subject of a surprising accolade. Composer Nami Malumid is the first woman to ever score an episode of Star Trek. Malumid, a composer with over 130 films, television series, and theater productions to her name, gave at least some credit to Star Trek composer Michael Giacchino for making it happen. On her blog, Malumid wrote, The short trek I scored this summer beamed up to CBS All Access. I'm forever grateful to composer Michael Giacchino, who made my dream come true. She continued, Q&A is the first Star Trek episode ever scored by a female composer, and I'm so excited to boldly go where no woman has gone before. I'll keep you posted on a soundtrack release. Star Trek Short Trek's Q&A and the latest episode, The Trouble with Edward, are available to stream now on CBS All Access in the U.S. and Crave in Canada. Now it's time to get you set up for the weekend with the latest podcasts from across the Roddenberry Podcast Network. First up, Mission Log. What do you get when you cross Garrick's shop with an explosive device? What do you get when you cross a Flaxian assassin and a top-secret military operation? What do you get when you cross the former head of the Obsidian Order with one of his brightest agents? Find out when Mission Log hits Improbable Cause. Then on Mission Log Live this week, John and Ken say hello to Dr. Robert Thursk. As an astronaut for the Canadian Space Agency, Dr. Thursk broke their record for the most days spent in space. 
He shares some of his experiences, plus thoughts on space tourism, getting to Mars, and using Star Trek as a blueprint for life in space. Seriously, this man has been to space. Definitely worth listening to this edition of Mission Log Live. On the Trek Files... After all the ups and downs considering whether Star Trek will return as a movie or a TV show, Gene Roddenberry sends an update to loyal fans. There's thanks on his part to the fans keeping Trek in the public eye, alongside his optimism that Paramount is more dedicated than ever to bring Trek to the big screen after the success of Star Wars. On Shabam this week, it's episode 9. The bike ride to Vandenberg continues. The kids think about the past, and we find out what happened to the parents. Also, what does it take to get into a zombie state of mind? In this episode, you explore the zombie brain, or what's left of it. And what does all that mushy stuff in your skull have to do with seahorses and cauliflower? We'll totally find out on this week's episode of Shabam. Women at Warp has got a truly monumental interview. As I told you earlier in the week, the crew were joined by Kate Mulgrew, Captain Janeway herself, to discuss her experiences crafting two memoirs, look back on Star Trek Voyager after 25 years, examine how she approaches new and differing characters, and maybe even announce her next project. And finally, on Priority One, the team are catching you up on the week's biggest news stories and the latest in Star Trek gaming, as well as that full set of interviews from Paleyfest New York's Red Carpet. Head over to podcasts.roddenberry.com for all these shows in one convenient place. And now the answer to this week's Trek trivia. On Tuesday, I asked you... Walter Koenig was famously the only original series main cast member not represented in the animated series. However, the animated series did give Koenig his first ever writing credit, but for which episode? The answer? The Infinite Vulcan. You know, the one with the really big Spock. For more Trek trivia, tune in next Tuesday. Well, that's it for today's daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. For more great Star Trek podcasts, be sure to check out podcasts.roddenberry.com. This show is supported by people like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. This show is also supported by an affiliate program with CBS All Access, Subscribe today at dailystartreknews.com forward slash CBS All Access. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just shoot me an email at info at dailystartreknews.com or find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daily Trek News. I'm back on Monday with more of the Star Trek news you need to know. I'm Allison Pitt. Have a wonderful weekend and live long and prosper podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network